So this is a good segue question. Couldn't, oh. couldn't have teed this up any better. Another good question. I mean, I get paid. I literally get oh, paid. Oh, good, no, good. <laughs> Welcome to the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast. While there are a ton of leadership podcasts out there on the interwebs, this is the only one solely dedicated to developing undergraduate leaders in numerous fields. We bring in interesting leaders from a variety of disciplines and industries to dish out practical advice for entrepreneurial undergraduates embarking on their professional careers. You'll hear from leaders operating at all levels, CEOs and other C-suite individuals who are at the top of their industries, mid-career professionals only several years removed from their college days, and young leaders in school who are already doing amazing things. We feature leaders from business, diplomacy, education, journalism, engineering, law, medicine, and the sports world. It is all part of our mission here at the Bucino Leadership Institute. At Seton Hall, we make leaders better. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. It's your host, Brian Price, and welcome to episode 20 of the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast. Today, we're fortunate to talk to a Seton Hall graduate, both undergrad and in the graduate school, doing great things in the field of nursing, and that's Jenna Mason. Jenna Mason began her career at Seton Hall not too long ago, where she earned her bachelor's degree in environmental studies. While studying for her bachelor's degree, she took prerequisite courses for the Clinical Nurse Leader Program, an accelerated second-degree master's program at Seton Hall. She was accepted into the program and received hands-on training and leadership experience in a hospital environment. Upon graduating, Jenna began working at Hunterdon Medical Center as a staff nurse on the inpatient surgical unit, where she now works as a clinical nurse leader. In December 2018, she was awarded the March of Dimes Rising Star Award, where she was recognized for her work in patient health and safety projects, such as decreasing bacteria colonization and educating other faculty on how to prevent pressure injuries. But maybe more importantly, and perhaps something that she will even consider adding to her resume in the future, is that Jenna is our very first leader from the medical field to come on our podcast. And so we are way long overdue to say the least. Absolutely no pressure, Jenna. And with that, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Awesome. Welcome back, I should probably say. <laughs> oh yeah, here, your, here we are. Your stomping grounds. <laughs> yes, your old of stomping course, grounds. of course. So now our crack research staff kind of came up uh, with some digging. Okay. Um, Alice Lemero, she's uh, she's in the next room, and they determined that you were originally in the Stillman School of Business here at Seton Hall, but that you then later changed your major to environmental studies, and then you somehow end up in the nursing world. So why the change, and how did you get into nursing? Yeah, yeah. So it sounds pretty silly, uh, jumping all over the place. But I started off. I thought I wanted to be in business and do something in the in the corporate world, in the business world, coming out out of high school. And then once I was in the business classes, I was undecided. So I, I was like, oh, I'm going to do management. Like, yeah, this is this is what I'm going to do. You know, and I was in the classes and I just, it wasn't clicking. I wasn't getting it. I wasn't doing well. I was like, this is hmm. just not for me. So, and I realized too, that I really miss science. And I was, I feel like I wasn't really exposed to different options in like the, you know, science and technology type of field. So once I switched to environmental studies, then I, I felt more comfortable. I started doing well. I, I really enjoyed it. I was, you know, very passionate about it. When, when was that switch? That switch was maybe the middle of my sophomore year. Oh, I started okay. so switching it was, over. It was pretty, to, deep into yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then from that, my two roommates were throughout all four years of the undergrad here, they were nursing majors. So they 
they okay. were, you know, I was, I remember specifically sitting at my, the dining room table in our apartment, working on my homework. I'm working on this paper, whatever I was doing. They come back from their clinicals and, you know, they're always talking about what they're doing in their clinicals, what they're doing in their classes. And it hit me. I was like, wait, not that I don't want to do what I'm doing here, but I want to be doing what you're doing. So that's what made me really make the switch into, you know, what am, how am I going to be a nurse? How am I going to accomplish this? So what was it about those conversations that made you want to gravitate towards it? I know they were able to do a lot of hands-on mm. things and like act physically, you know, helping people, assessing people. And that kind of medical mindset too was, was intriguing to me with the science aspect behind it, but mm. also having that, you know, being able to help people get better, help, you know, really be involved in people's lives and, and, you know, make a difference in that aspect and learning so many new things. That's what really, really drew me to that. Did you have any other family members in the nursing field or uh, anyone that you could emulate? Or this is just no, completely it like, was, organic? it was uh, pretty much my roommates. Yeah, there was no... Who are your roommates? Like, Let's give them a little shout uh, out. It was uh, Nicole Michaels and uh, Ashley Lang. And um, actually, Nicole, I'm in her wedding uh, next month. So Awesome. Yep, yep. Well, we, we met at our pirate adventure and I butt-dialed her during her high school graduation. <laughs> and we've been... Uh, during the graduation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And we've been best friends ever since. Great story. Well, um, we wish <laughs> fun you facts, a great facts, wedding, right? Of course. So, so let's talk about leadership mm-hmm. in nursing. Now, when the Bucino Leadership Institute was created last fall, we were looking for some other undergraduate leadership nursing programs or, mm-hmm. or leadership programs in, in nursing at the undergraduate level so we can kind of benchmark off of. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, what we found was there really weren't any. Like, we really couldn't find one. Now, there's tons, I wouldn't say tons, but there's, it's not uncommon for there, there to be nursing leadership programs at the graduate level. Right, correct. And yeah. so we know that you were attracted to the clinical nurse leader program mm-hmm. at Seton Hall. So can you tell us about that program and kind of how is nursing trying to develop young leaders like yourself? Right, right. The main parts that initially attracted me to that program was that I could get my master's degree. You know, why have two bachelor's degrees when I could have my master's in something, of course, and that it was accelerated. So it's two years straight through, wow. you know, kind of give it 110% and and then, you know, get on to doing whatever I wanted to do. But I didn't realize how much I would love and really be passionate about the clinical nurse leader role until I really started learning about it and, and experiencing it through my capstone project and, you know, everything like that, what I was doing. What was your capstone and project? I was actually on the, I was placed on the, the unit where I work now still. And I did an educational intervention on skin tears with staff. There was, a, mm. we noted a lack of knowledge and, you know, we were able to do a, you know, a pretest and a post-test and, no, you know, kind of be able to explain the, the most recent and best evidence-based practice and mm. kind of go from there on improving how to treat these skin tears. So patients. For the uninitiated, when you say skin tears. Oh, sorry. That's where... Like we- my, I think of like, <laughs> do you cut yourself? No, basically. <laughs> it's usually um, something kind of like a, you know, you, you knock your arm and you, you kind of shear a part of your skin Are you talking off. for nurses or are you talking no, for, for patients? No, patients, for gotcha. patients, for patients, yeah. So, and that you know it causes a lot of pain it's uncomfortable there's you you know you don't want them to get infected you want to really let the skin heal the best way that it can and so on and so forth so cool that was my that was my big my big project yeah it was really fun so what does the <laughs> clinical nurse program consist of 
So the program is very unique, I would say. You start right from your, your basics, your fundamentals. I, you know, I had to learn my, my pharmacology, my health assessment, my, my patho, all these basic you know, intro level classes. And then you work your way up each semester to do, you know, doing your capstone project. And along the way, it's nursing, you know, bedside, true nursing woven in with these leadership classes and research classes and theory um, and everything like that to kind of mold together this clinical nurse leader degree. And the position itself, too, it's a lot of kind of looking at the bigger picture with patients. So you, I don't have my own assignment at work. I have like a cohort of about 15 patients, and I, need, I know everything about them. I know I'm looking, are they at risk for pressure injuries, skin breakdown? Are they a falls risk? Are, what risk for infection do they have with central lines and Foley catheters and things like that? And I make sure that those preventive interventions are implemented for them. Again, safety is a huge focus, of course. And aside from that, we do a lot of, we help facilitate interdisciplinary communication. So, you know, you have a doctor over here, the nurse over here, the physical therapist. We try to kind of get everyone together and make sure we, you know, we have a plan and everything, you know, we kind of stick to our plan and things like that. Um, we also collect and synthesize data for the unit. We, again, help implement evidence-based practice. Why are we doing this? Does this make sense? You know, what could we do better? status quo. And, of uh, course. We've always, always done this Yeah, this yeah, yeah. So it's really, we, we get to do a little bit of everything, which I really really love. So what you just described for me is like, it sounds like you like being a hands-on leader, and yet you were in a management program. So yeah. <laughs> in some weird way, it sounds like you may have been using some of the skills you learned in the first two years in the management program. That- yeah. Combined with your love I never of... thought of that before, but I guess that's it's true. I was kind of doing something similar. I was just in the wrong industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's too, that's funny to think of it that way. So, is this a track that nurses can kind of take in terms of the clinical nurse program? Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And how many of your fellow nurses that are in at Hunterton right mm-hmm. now have this kind of certification or Right. So, this is definitely a track people can take. It is this the CNL program here. It's a second degree master's program but that's not to say you you know can't have your take there's other tracks other sure. types of ways of becoming a clinical nurse leader at Hunter and Medical Center, we have eight clinical nurse leaders. There's two on... Out of how many? Like, what proportion are we talking about compared to the population of nurses that are... Oh, it's de- much, hospital? much less. Yeah, much less. Are we talking there's 5%, 20%? Probably less. Yeah, less. Yeah. Really? Yeah, There's so there's eight. There's two on each of these four units that we have, and... How big is the unit? Uh, my bed is... My unit is 30 beds. Yeah, they're all about 30. Wow, One's okay. 15, and they have a CNL that kind of switches on and off, but... So you're so kind of a very, rare... In a way, yeah, yeah. In a way, it's it's very. We were like specialized generalists, so we're we are specialized, but we know a little bit about everything. Also, too, which which is neat. There's actually of the eight clinical nurse leaders, three of us were grads from the Seton Hall Seton program Hall. here. So not only am I there, but Denise Puente and Emily Quick, they were in the the class before earlier than me, before me. So now we all you know work alongside together, which so is this pretty is like cool. The Seton Hall nursing leader mafia. Yeah, yes. If you wanna, yeah. Insurgency yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. So, if you were me, what kind of activities, topics, techniques should we be incorporating for our undergraduate nurses in our institute? Mm-hmm. You know, and so we have this tremendous luxury of having these students for four years. Mm-hmm. And so, is there anything that comes off the top of your head about what we should be incorporating? And maybe those could be things that are in the clinical nurse program that you, mm-hmm. you know, have been through. But can we do stuff at the undergraduate? level to help accelerate that kind of leadership journey for them. Yeah, definitely. I think one part is not 
not, I don't mean this in a negative way. I mean this in like a constructive way, but just to address expectations, right? So if you're going to, you know, you want to go for some leadership position or if you just, you know, want to achieve your goal or work in the healthcare field or anything like that, you know, you need to know and understand that you're going to have to work really hard. You're going to have to be super dedicated, make sacrifices. You know, you're going to have these crazy test questions that get everyone all like astir and and whatnot. But as long as you're, you know that and you understand that and you know what to expect, like truly know what to expect, then I think you can kind of prioritize better maybe Mm -hmm. and really plan things out a little better knowing exactly what's expected of you. Um, So that would be a a big thing too. And another thing I can think of is, I guess in terms of the clinical nurse leader position or your nurses in general, having things that are sustainable. Mm. So not just like you said, four years and then, you know, leave and go somewhere else. And, you know, you might have a degree in one thing, but say you have the degree as a clinical nurse leader, you have that certification, but then you go off and, you know, you're working in another state doing something totally different. Well, that's not super beneficial to nursing in New Jersey here. Really something of note is that clinical nurse leaders, there's not a lot of them in New Jersey. They're definitely more utilized in other states and other healthcare systems and things like that. So why do you think that is? Come on, Jersey, pick it up. I think, yeah, right. Seriously. But I think the organizational structure of certain, you know, healthcare business, you know, the business model and the structure of the organization, they don't have the CNL working through that. They kind of don't have that puzzle piece where the CNL can fit. And, you know, the evidence is out there. The research is out there that CNLs do make a difference. They have patients have better outcomes than, you know, it's it's will mean more profit for the hospital, which is true. If you want to make the business case for it, absolutely, absolutely. And even, you know, having that certain mindset where we can, you know, we look at different situations with this DNL mindset and we pick up on things that other people might not pick up on. So we're looking at any patient or any situation in in the hospital through the CNL lens. And by doing that, we can, you know, see what could be more efficient, see what could be better. What could we do different? Is this, again, is this best practice? That type of a, a thing. So I think we're, I think we're extremely beneficial and, you know, we should be utilized more, but it's also, you have this program here, which is awesome, but we also need to think about creating the demand. So when people graduate from yeah. the CNL program, they have somewhere to go to use those skills and practice those skills. So I know one of the ways that you're uh, potentially trying to increase awareness mm-hmm. and expose people to the benefits of, for those that are tuning in, CNL stands for Clinical Nurse Leader Program. Mm-hmm. But Jersey doesn't have a chapter. And we had heard that you are interested in, if you haven't already set it up, you're interested in setting one up. Yes. Yes. So my colleagues and I at, you know, 100 Medical Center, we are working with some people in Philadelphia area as well to create a Clinical Nurse Leader Association chapter for New Jersey. So over the past year, that's what we've been trying to do. We're building it. We're always trying to recruit new members. Students, nursing students are welcome. Also at the hospital too, as a side note, we're always open to students coming to shadow and learn more about, you know, the the role. And oh yeah. Do you have any internships or these type of shadow opportunities specifically for folks that are interested in the clinical nurse Mm. leader program? I would say not formally, but there... Sounds like an opportunity. Yes. Oh, yes. I know what we would do usually is for the some of the Seton Hall students when they're doing their capstone project, a, a couple of them would come to the hospital and implement their project on a prospective unit. But we would also, they would come with us, you know, on certain days and, and see what we do and how we do it and how we talk with patients. And sometimes there's more advanced hands-on wound care. So they're, they're you know, they're jumping right in with us in whatever, whatever we're doing that day. So that it's a really, really, really awesome experience because I've done it myself and I've been, also been on the, on the other side, you, you know, with students. Was this when you were in grad school? Or? Yeah, yeah. For my capstone project, 
project, the one on skin tears, I was placed with uh, Marianne Sweeney, who is my preceptor. And now we share an office together. Like we work together. We're left wow. and right brain. This is like, almost like a job interview for you in some way, right? A little bit, a little bit, right? So she taught me an immeasurable amount of information, but she really took me. I went to rounds with her every day. We went into patients' rooms together and talked with them. She showed me, you know, her data collection, what we're looking for, our, cool. just everything. So it really, if you want to know what the CNL role is, it's at Hunterdon Medical Center. So any chance that anyone would want to come shadow any day or Love just it. give us a call, we, let us know. We're going to have to talk offline about setting up internships yeah. and, uh, and see what that looks like. Yeah. Get people excited about it. Oh, yeah. Now, you were awarded the March of Dimes Rising Star Award a few months ago for your significant work in patient health and safety. And even more interesting, you were nominated by those who work with you. Yeah. And so yeah. what motivated you to kind of go above and beyond like this? Or did you it, even think that you were going no, above and beyond? No, no. That's the thing. I was just, you know, really doing my job, doing the CNL role. I, you know, I was really paying close attention to these bacteria colonization rates and why are they higher? You know, what what are we, again, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? Kind of really looking into better patient outcomes, clearly improve our data, how we appear and, and things like that. But I was really just, really just doing my job. You know, I love what I do. I'm super passionate about it. I love being involved in the hospital. Part of the reason why I was recognized for that award was, you know, my involvement on different committees and, and things like that throughout the hospital. It's a, actually a high reliability organization. So that means there's a huge focus on, you know, speaking up for safety, you know, stopping and thinking before you do something. It's a culture. Um, absolutely. Huge culture change, which is awesome. It's so amazing seeing things that, you know, you just hear about in like a class. I'm, you know, because I was, um, I'm certified to do the training classes and teach cool. other people at the hospital about, you know, what this, what this movement is. And it's awesome to really see things that you see from the slides actually in practice and you see people around you doing these, you know, doing these certain safety behaviors and, and using these tools and things like that. So that's that's super exciting. But yeah, it was it was really an honor to be to be recognized for it. I wasn't trying just to go out and like win sure. some award, but sure. it was real it's always nice to be recognized for for doing good work. Yeah, especially by your peers too. Yeah, you know? yeah. That that was yeah, that was really exciting. So what advice would you give about being a young leader to our folks that are in the undergraduate program mm-hmm. right now? How can they become leaders in the nursing field? I think it's important to look at yourself and evaluate, you know, who am I as a leader? I tell, you know, different nursing students that come spend the day with me and things like that, you know, when it comes to you as a leader, that's something that is unique to you. It's special to you. It's something that you take with you wherever you go, whether you're on a, you know, on a nursing unit or you're in the outpatient setting or even you as a person kind of coincides with who you are as a leader, but it's something special. It can be cultivated and developed and take different experiences and really fine-tune your your leadership skills and things like that. And I also think it's it's very important to recognize that being a leader doesn't mean you're necessarily in a quote-unquote leadership position. Sometimes being a leader is, you know, doing the right thing or being flexible or or adaptable to change and just kind of... With or without a title. Exactly, exactly. You don't need a title to be a leader. That's something that I definitely didn't realize at first either. But it's I learned that, you know, through school and through different conferences and, and and experiences and things like that. But really, it, that's I think that's key. That's really eye-opening to 
kind of see where where you're at and realize things that you are capable of doing, you sure. know, outside of a, a formal leadership position. So you're in your late 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are kind of embarking on this awesome career. What is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew <laughs> when you were 22? Oh, man. Wow. That's a good question. I'm sure there's a bunch of things. One of the things I would that I wish I realized was that, especially in in nursing, when it, it's so high stress and there's a lot of pressure and it's very you know very involved and you're working really hard, I wish I remembered to kind of step back and look at the bigger picture of things. It, and it's easy to become so hyper focused on this one class, this one project, this one test question, whatever whatever mm-hmm. it is. But I think I would, if I could tell myself now, back then, just take a step back. It's going to be okay. You know, look at the bigger picture. It's kind of easy to lose sight of your goal. You know, you're yeah. attaining your goal at the end when you're so focused on this one um, this one aspect or this one situation. But I would definitely think to, I would like to remind myself to look at the bigger picture. I think that's it. really important to keep in mind. You don't want to lose sight of that goal or, or, you know, your purpose of why you're doing what you're doing. So this is a good segue question. Couldn't, oh. couldn't have teed this up any better. What is your goal in the field right now? So like if we're having this conversation, yeah. if I bring you back 10 years from now or 15 years from mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. what is Jenna Mason hoping to accomplish? Another good question. I mean, I get paid. I literally get oh, paid. Oh, good, no, good. <laughs> I think that if you had asked me maybe five years ago, even my goal would be, oh, someday I'll be a, I'll be a CNL, I'll be a clinical nurse leader, and Check. that's it. Yeah. Well, so Check. that came a little <laughs> bit earlier than I had planned for, which is you know totally great. Really, really excited to even have this opportunity to to work in the role. But I would say I really do love what I do. I can't really imagine working anywhere else. I love the people I work with, the organization. The unit that I'm on is just like above and beyond so awesome. But I would like to, I guess, continue to grow professionally. I would love to do more, more almost like event, like not events like this, but more um, advocacy and um, involvement, really spreading the word about the CNL, getting people, you know, making people aware and, and really trying to push the role forward. I think that's something that I'll be working towards. We have some fascinating people on our advisory council right now. Diana Rowe up at Hackensack. Oh, She's the vice yeah. president. An absolutely fascinating at the person. New, the new campus. Correct. It's I got a tour. It is pretty, wild. It is really awesome. nice. The Sim Labs. Yeah. Oh, my God. It, I was blown away. I was really, wow. So, yeah. so we're excited to kind of do some interesting things with our with our nursing leaders. we got uh-huh. a great crop of, of students. So we talked about your personal goals. I, I think you'd be a fantastic ambassador for this and moving forward. For it. So like I, I totally see you in that light. We're really excited to see yeah, thank um, you. what you do. And it sounds like you almost kind of have, you didn't say these words, but the fact of you being like almost like a thought leader in this space is might be in your future. Who do you look up to as thought leaders right now that are in your field, mm-hmm. either that you're following on social media mm-hmm. or that are, you know, you think that our folks should be following or paying attention to in the field of nursing? I mean, there's so many people out there. There's so many different things on in regarding the nursing field that are in the news. Personally, I always look up to my colleagues, my coworkers, people who, you know, I work with every day. I really value their input and, you know, what they've taught me and what I can learn from them. You know, we're never done learning. 
learning. We're never done. Sure. You know, we're always lifelong learners. I know there's a couple people in the CNL field. If people are interested in getting to know these people, I know one is Bob Lapointe. He is a CNL at the VA in Philly, I believe. But he's. We've also worked with him in kind of establishing the CNLA this chapter. chapter. How did Absolutely. you find out about him? I the first time I saw him was at the CNL summit in California last February, and he was one of the keynote speakers on a discussion panel. Huh. And you know, the other clinical nurse leaders had met him before. I know him before. He's super involved in the CNL role. And then, so that's how we kind of got to know him. And then there's a second one, Miriam Bender. She's a very huge Keystone individual in regarding the CNL role. Um, I listened to her do some some talks at this conference as well. She was phenomenal. Um, are there any students at that conference? There are some nursing students that can that are there. They can more than welcome to attend. All you know, always. But a lot of it is people who have their their C, you know who are in the CNL role, and then also yeah. other individuals who have their CNL certification who may be doing something a little different at the time too. And it was exciting because we got to do a podium presentation there. As in uh, you from Hunterdon? Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. So it was exciting to get up and kind of talk in front of everyone and share with them. We created a, a standardized orientation program for the CNL because, you cool. know, once we were onboarding the second CNLs on each unit, we realized, well, how do we make sure we're standardizing this, that we're yeah. all going to do the same thing and, and kind of make things make things happen. So that was super exciting to do. But anyway, the, there's so many, you know, Miriam Bender, too, she has, she has published things. She has her own theories. And she's I've, I haven't talked to her in person because I'm a fangirl kind of of her. I'm like nervous to talk to her because I we think need to she's so this great. Podcast. But, <laughs> but yeah, she does some really amazing work. So there's I mean, you could look up to any nurse, too, and realize that they're all doing great things. So let's talk about like, kind of like your leadership development. Mm-hmm. Are there any books that stand out or any other type of medium, any podcasts that stand out that you, you know, you find yourself trying to you constantly go back to the well because they're they're that much value in helping you grow. Right. There was... Other than course, this podcast, of course. Of course, of course, of course. Unfortunately, I don't know any of any other leadership podcasts or anything like that. There's I only one. Do, there's the, oh, oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one in the category. I know there was one... Oh, I wish I could remember the title. It was a clinical nurse leader book, and it kind of goes through the different aspects of the clinical nurse leader role, different leadership styles and things like that. I can picture it in my head. I feel like an idiot. I don't know the title of it right now. You can but. let us know. <laughs> We'll make sure we put it in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's we could definitely easy. do that. Okay. And it sounds okay. like if there aren't too many out there, maybe... Maybe I need to write Mason one. needs maybe, to write one, right? Yeah. Here's my thoughts, everybody. <laughs> T- um, totally. Let's get after it. Are you active on social media? Uh, not as much, I guess, professionally as I could be. Yeah. Um, I really can't stand Facebook. It's like every time I go on there, I'm just like, oh, why am I on here? I, I have no reason to be on here. This is just, you know. So, I, you so know, where do nerds... Nurses go for like-minded communities. If it's not social media, is it like, uh, is there much interaction in between hospitals? Honestly, probably not as much as there should be. I huh. know that's one of the goals. I mean, I'm sure other nurses too, maybe they use social media more than more yeah. than I do. I like post pictures of my dog and things sure. like that. It's, it's not really super professionally focused, but I'm. that's one of the goals with the Clinical Nurse Leader Association chapter of New Jersey was to get create people that community. to create that community for for networking, for just saying, hey, we have this problem. Oh, you know what? This is a problem for us too. Like, let's work. What are you doing that works? What can we do yeah. that works? That that sharing of ideas, I think, is huge. And then even, you know, again, to get student involvement, kind of real people in to kind of create this culture and this network. 
network of clinical nurse leaders. So that's something that's in in the works. I know we do a lot of emails <laughs> right yeah. now. What is your kind of rose-colored glasses timeline for creating that chapter? We have it created. We've been holding meetings quarterly. Okay. We're still just trying to get the vo- more volume of individuals. We probably have about maybe 20 solid members, which is a lot considering the number of CNLs in, in New Jersey and yeah. everything like that. But we're always open to having more people, getting the word out. We want to work to create the demand for CNLs and establish, you know, make the business case for the CNL and really just forward the role and then also, you know, foster and, and grow the CNLs that are already in place. Yeah. Um, I know there's a couple other individual individuals who are have their CNL certification, I think, at, at Hunter and Medical Center. So they're kind of, you know, you kind of know that and you reach out to them like, hey, like, what do you think about this? Or they may be more inclined to be more involved on the unit because they understand that rationale behind, you know, the importance of being involved and doing the right thing and, and everything like that. So Jenna, on this podcast, are you prepared to announce that you would consider having one of those chapter meetings here at Seton Hall? Absolutely. Honestly, yes. The, the reason why we've, I mean, we've pretty much been having them just at the hospital in a, in a room because that's where most of us are, but we're super open to going anywhere for the meetings because if we have enough people, you know, of course we'll, we'll, we'll go anywhere, you know, you know cool. what I mean? So, but it would be great to get more student involvement and, and get people, you know, really coming and involved. Yeah. I think you have a gap there and it looks like you're, you're looking. We're to aware it. of it. We're looking to, to really, you know, make it happen. So. Awesome. <clears throat> well, I know that the March of Dimes named you a rising star, but we at the Pusino Leadership Institute think that you can take out the word rising and simply call you oh, a star. Oh, come on. <laughs> Thank you. I to- appreciate it. Totally that. enjoyed having you on the podcast <laughs> and uh, we wish you the best of luck in the future. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Thanks. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Take care. On behalf of everyone at the Pacino Leadership Institute, I'd like to thank all of our podcast listeners, our great chief engineer, Doug Wooliver, student director, Audrey Pennington and her team, as well as 89.5 WSOU Pirate Radio for allowing us to use their facilities. Follow us online at www.chu.edu backslash leadership and on Twitter at Shoe Leadership. At Seton Hall, we make leaders better.